0: hey folks i'm tom keith jones here big thank you to the dunlap champions club longtime sponsors of front row knolls football season is here folks if nothing else do yourself a favor call 644-1830 schedule a tour of the champions club if you haven't been in it yet or better yet purchase a ticket to one game and sample it find somebody who's got a member i don't think you can buy just one game ticket find somebody who has has a champions club ticket and go with them. Check it out.
1: Once you do, you'll be hooked. It is a great place to watch a ball game, get the opportunity to get up, get out. of. If there's any heat, if there's any weather whatsoever, you can go inside. Multiple TVs, food and drink. It's a wonderful, wonderful place to catch an FSU football game.
0: Air conditioning. Air conditioning, too. That's important. Reserve chair back seats. Uh, you can do a three-game package for uh, six ninety nine uh, plus a booster membership of $70 or more if you include the Miami game in that. But just call the number 644-1830. They'll tell you what options are available, and you can go from there. At this point, you've got no other option than to listen to the rest of this program. Here's Front Row Knowles.
2: Broadcasting from the Prime Meridian Bank Studios in the capital city of Tallahassee, this is Front Row Knowles' First Look with Tom Block and Keith Jones. Front Row Knowles' First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. And by Cornerstone Tool and Fastener, online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keith. Good day, everybody. Tom Block,
0: Keith Jones, front row Knowles. First look, Florida State gets a 31-13 to win over NC State. Felt more hard fought than what that total differential is, but really in the second half for all of the talk, uh, not just talk, but the way the season's unfolded in the second half this year, this one, Florida State was pretty dominant. The defense did a nice job, forced three three and outs in a row. The offense finally scored a touchdown in the third quarter. NC State got one back, but after that could mount nothing else, so it really didn't unfold the way previous games have.
1: The other thing that, that it didn't unfold is Florida State didn't score 21 points in the first quarter either. So you were sitting there just kind of waiting and waiting and waiting and win and win and when is the offense going to take off. And while I, I wouldn't say this is one of their more dominant performances, though they put up some points, uh, particularly given the sacks. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, it was a game where unlike the last year, year and a half, you felt like Florida State was in control, and therefore I didn't find myself "Quote unquote," worried at any part during the ball game.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. I also continue to be impressed with, and we'll get to the sacks, as you said in a minute. It, it seems like Kendall Bryles thus far has been able to adapt because he's found a way to score. Other than Virginia, they scored twenty-four, but pretty much you're going to get between twenty-eight and thirty-five points out of this offense right now. Understanding when the OL gets better and you can get more consistent play out of the quarterback, the ceiling's much higher than that.
1: The thing that I, I would challenge Kendall about, and I'd I'd love to sit down and talk to him and have him explain to me the thought process, is when Florida State has difficulty running the ball, instead of finding some other ways to run the ball, they immediately go to the pass. And I think that's something, particularly given the talent of uh, of Akers, there's, there's got to be some ore wrinkles in that offense or different ways to get uh, Akers the ball. I mean, you never see a toss sweep you very rarely see a stretch play um, I'd, I'd like to see if some of those you know maybe those aren't in the playbook and they're not things that he wants to use but are there other ways to attack a defense when they're, when they're either dominating your offensive line or when they're moving six or seven and sometimes eight into the box are there some other things that this offense can do on the ground uh, and not just rely
0: on going through the air I think that's a fair point we did see a new wrinkle on the uh i don't know, i don't recall if it was a jet sweep or just a reverse to dj matthews but then he turned it into an option look because he had a a pitch back there in in cam acres so something's coming on that
1: first time we'd seen that and obviously that was a different way of doing it uh, i would have liked to have seen dj pitch the ball although give nc state credit when i went back and watched the replay i've got a, a big screen tv where i sit in the press box uh, beside Gene, I can I can kind of watch things when I'm when I'm paying attention. <coughs> Pardon me. And the Wolfpack did a really good job of defensing that. So I don't know if Pitch Takers would have done anything. I would just like to see it happen. Uh, you know, I'd rather have the ball in Cam's hands than than DJ's. I'd rather have DJ on the punt returns.
0: We'll hear from Coach Taggart here momentarily. Just summing up the, I'd say the the, the, the offense was good, not great. Uh, maybe you would say average. We'll get into that later on. The uh, the defense, though, has really made strides the last three weeks, and I know they haven't faced the best offenses. We'll see Trevor Lawrence in two weeks, and we can make a different determination, I guess.
1: Well, they've been very good against the run uh, three weeks in a row now. I think Marvin and the group up front probably didn't have as good a game as they did last week, but they were more than adequate. The linebackers continue to improve. Uh, you saw uh, Gaynor get some additional playing time, got his first start. I really like him as a football player. Uh, I think whether he stays to the outside or exactly what they do with him, I really liked him. Uh, Devontae Taylor had a very good first half. I know he went out uh, at a point in the ball game with, uh, with an injury, and I can't recall whether we saw him come back or not. But particularly in the first quarter, he was playing very well. I think the disappointment for me is simply that the defensive backs continue to be in a position to make plays, but they don't make the plays. And the thing that was discouraging, we'll talk about it when we talk defense and and more specific, is there were five or six or seven interceptions uh, that the DBs should have had some of, and they had none of them.
0: Yeah, Willie Taggart said to Gene after the game that uh, the DBs will be spending extra time on the jugs machine just like the receivers this week to try and catch the football because Cyrus Fagan had a couple. Uh, there was one the freshman missed, Renardo Green, late in the game. It would have been a this ball he should have caught. Then there was others. All right, we'll get to defense later. Let's listen to Willie Taggart, Florida State, 3-2 and two now. They went at 31-13 to 13 and uh, really were pretty dominant. I mean, there was, as you said, never a point where you, you felt threatened uh, by NC State. Here's Coach Taggart.
3: All right, uh, man, uh, great win for our football team. Um, had a good feeling about this game going into the week. Our guys had, a, 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 by far, our best week of practice this entire year, this past week, and I thought our guys came really locked in uh, to practicing and understanding what we're doing and did a good job of executing and practice throughout the week, and I thought it paid off for us tonight. And um, it was good. We made another another step in the right direction, and um, we got to keep improving. Um, and it's feel good to go into a bye week with a win, and um, hope we get some guys healthy. And, again, I can't thank our fans enough for showing up tonight and showing out. I thought they um, were a big part of our victory, and I appreciate them so much for showing up tonight. Questions? you got over here on the right. Willie, uh- James went through all the pregame stuff. Was he a
2: game-time decision, or what kind of went into the decision there?
3: Uh, James tweaked his knee again yesterday in practice, and so we wanted to see how uh, he go through warm-ups and everything, see how he felt, and um, thought it would be best that we didn't put him in there.
2: Coach, uh, tonight was the first time that your team was able to get up on the scoreboard and stay up on the scoreboard. Do you think that this game was a turning point for your team? Um, I thought
3: last week was a turning point for our team. I just think our – team is just consistently getting better, you know, Um, each and and every week, our guys are finding ways to get better. And that's all we talk about is trying to get 1% better each, each and every game. And we felt like they did tonight. Willie, uh, you've talked about the
1: team learning how to finish, how to close out games, how to win. Amari's uh, forced fumble at the end there
3: to hustle and make that play. is that an example of, of guys learning how to, how to do just that? Absolutely. I mean, if you if you look at that, I mean, you think about our football team in the past, usually that ball on the ground and we don't ever get it. You know, um, it was great to see guys run to the football. That's what happens when you run to the football. you usually in position to, to get the recovery. And it was great to see um, out of our guys in, in this game to get to the ball and, and recover.
0: Willie, uh, since the Louisiana-Monroe game the de- the rushing defense has been really, really good. Um, I know you said it's about uh, make assignments and
3: filling gaps. Did you, also, did you challenge them at all after the Louisiana-Monroe game as well? Is it more than just fundamental changes? No, I didn't challenge them. I, I don't think it, we needed much challenge after the, the performance we put out there then. I thought uh, that performance was enough challenge for our guys. Anyway, I just think with our new defense our guys just have a better feel for a better understanding of it you know um and i thought in that second ball game about louisiana monroe we kind of got away from the three four that we were doing and and that hurt us in that game and so we stuck to our guns and our guys got comfortable what they're doing and uh we coached it better and, and we're getting better results from it the the defense as a whole really I would say that was probably the best game of the year for them really
0: maybe not even that close just you've seen the gradual improvement them really all piece it all together as a unit the rush defense the pass defense all together once just how promising was it for you to see that
3: well uh, it was it was great to see them put it put it together you know um, i think coming into the season we knew what we could have as a defense and again we started slow and uh, we just needed to correct some things and get back on get back on track and um, our kids and our defensive coaches, they all uh, work well together and found a way to, to get better, and, and our guys are doing it. One thing we talked about is being good at something. You know, those first couple ball games, we couldn't say we are good at anything. And I think in the last three ball games, we can say we're, we're pretty good at stopping the run now. You know, so we found something to be good at, and we need to continue to build off of it. Coach, Ontario had a, a career night tonight. What makes him so good, and you know, what, what gave you
0: the confidence to keep putting him in the starting lineup, and for him to finally to break out today?
3: Uh, well, he's been in the starting lineup all season, and, and he's just been working his tail off. Uh, Pokey's one of those guys that just he just work, He don't ask for anything. He just go out and do whatever you ask him to do, and and he make plays. You know, we saw that throughout training camp, and just knew it was a. A matter of time before he he showed us that throughout the game and it was great for him to have that game today and um, Pokey's been one of our better receivers with yards after the catch and um, it's good to see him doing that today. Uh, There there were three drives I guess in the first and second quarter where NC State's defense was pretty effective and had you guys moving backwards and then on the next one you were able to find some success in the passing game, keep it going. Was there an adjustment or or what changed if anything for you guys offensively to kind of neutralize their pass rush? Uh, we Changed the plays. We ran some different plays than what we were running, and those plays worked. And when the other ones didn't work, we decided to run something different, and and our guys executed. You know, they went out and, and executed, and, again, you got to give North Carolina State credit, too. I mean, they own scholarship, too. We're not going to go down and score every drive, but it was good to see our guys hang in there and, and bounce back and find a way to uh, get our team down there to score some touchdowns.
0: The comments of Coach Willie Taggart. He obviously was pleased, uh, you know, I don't want to get uh, too touchy-feely on it, but the psyche stamp i think the psyche is more important. We we spend so much time talking about physical talent and size and measurements and X's and O's. I, I really do think that the psyche has been a big part of the issue for Florida State the last couple of years.
1: I was unaware until I got to the stadium that Florida State had not won back-to-back ACC games since 2016. You know, you just kind of forget things like that, and with this, they've now won consecutive back-to-back games. Uh, first time in three years if you use that statistic. And and we've said all along, this is a team, you, you like to have kids that you can show them things on tape, you can show them things on the field during practice, and that will transcend over into the game. This group, for whatever reason, good, bad, or indifferent, seems to not be able to take that and move it to the game. They actually have to experience everything during the game before they go, oh, that's the way that is. Uh, we talk with our children about lessons that we can teach them versus lessons they have to learn or they have to experience and, and our listeners are tired of me using that silly analogy. but the bottom line about this twenty nineteen team is is they they don't they don't learn things without experiencing them. So now they've they've got back-to-back wins. Now they they had a game in which they didn't come out fast, and they had to kind of rally in the second quarter. Actually scored a touchdown in the third quarter, first time they've done that through five ball games this year, and then do some things defensively at the end to hang on, much like they did against uh, 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 against Louisville. So they're learning and being experienced and being exposed to all these things, and and that seems to be the way this group learns the best. So now you're sitting three and two, big picture. Three and two. You got a bye week. You do have the national defending national champion coming up, but you've lost two games to to, to groups that are quote unquote top 25 teams. Though Virginia went down to to Notre Dame uh, on the weekend, and and you got to feel relatively good. You made the comment going into the season we thought we'd be four and one at this point. We just didn't know which of the first five games they'd lose to. So we're we're one game behind where we thought
0: we would be, and we're going into the bye week. I don't know
1: that this group could do much better.
0: Yeah, I don't know if everybody thought that. I just thought I had Virginia marked as a loss, as you know, from when the schedule came out. It was the Boise State game as the one to me that you'd like to have back. And truthfully though, when you look at the the first few games, Keith, and this is the way it is, anytime you're playing a game and the final score is a one possession type thing, you can cherry pick any number of plays, but you certainly can look at the Boise game and say, if Cam Akers doesn't fumble, you probably go in and score and Boise's done. Uh, you can look at the Virginia game and say if Blackman makes that third down throw, uh, at that point you you potentially extend your lead, and or if you, he makes the, the final drive throw, you get overtime and take your chances. But it is what it is, three and 3-2 bye week. To me, more than the record, I do see signs of progress week to week.
1: I do as well, and I think the bye week, although you, you really can't script it going into the season, I think this particular bye week comes at a very good time. Uh, Florida State is nicked up. We've talked about the season injuries to to, uh, Josh and to uh, Lars Woodby on the defensive side. But, you know, Blackman tweaked his knee, we were told, during practice, which is the biggest reason why he didn't play uh, against the Wolfpack, you, you want to give him some time to get healed. Deeds had some issues uh, relative to injuries. You saw Taylor go out on the defensive side. You're still waiting for Minshew. You're still waiting for Williams to get back. So it's a good time for the bye week. Uh, they'll take a little time off, get some of those uh, bumps and bruises and, and actual injuries uh, going back to hurts, and maybe you'll get some kids back when it time to, uh, when it's time to go to Death Valley up in
0: Carolina. Okay, it's time for us to go to break. We'll come back talk about the offense first since we had Alex Hornibrook in there at quarterback. We'll discuss that when we continue on Front Row Knowles' First Look.
2: Front Row Knowles' First Look is presented by Cornerstone Tool & Fastener. Online at ctf.nu. Here's Tom and Keep. Back on Front Row
0: Knowles' First Look, Tom and KJ with you. We'll talk offense here momentarily. But first, a word from our sponsors. (laughs) Yeah, we've got to pay the bills a little bit. Got to do it yourself project that needs to be finished.
1: Go visit Ron and his knowledgeable staff at Cornerstone Tool and Fastener to get all your power tool needs. Two locations to choose from, 1110 Stuckey Avenue and 3269 Crawfordville Highway. You can reach them by telephone at 580-1200. That's 580-1200. Or online at ctf.nu. Cornerstone Tool and Fastener.
0: Okay, uh, let's let you weigh in on the quarterback and how he how he performed. It's tough for me field level. Uh, I tell this to people all the time. It's really the worst view in football. You, if you if you watch me at the games, I go to the end zone a lot because at least then you can see splits and. But it's impossible to judge distance across the field. You don't know if that was a four yard gain or a four yard loss. Sometimes, so your thoughts on how Alex played? All right. Well, first of all, let's talk about the negative, uh, the sacks um,
1: by press box count there were eight sacks credited to North Carolina State now when FSU coaches go through and they do the final stats I, I suspect that might be seven or maybe six depending on how they do it uh, a couple reasons why number one uh, on several of those at least two that I recall the offensive linemen were cut blocking what that means is they raise up and then they try to cut the feet out from under the defensive lineman. that means the ball is intended to come out in two seconds because if they don't cut them, all they do is step over them, and they're right in Alex's face. And at least two of those I would credit for him not getting the ball out quick enough. The other thing, and and this is a cut on Alex, and, and I hope he doesn't hear this, but he's not the most swift of foot. So a couple of times he ran out of the pocket, and literally Blackman would have picked up a yard or two. But he got caught from behind, behind the line of scrimmage, so that that qualifies as a sack. That wouldn't have happened with Blackman or anyone else, probably. Alex, again, being the big guy that he is, not quite as nimble. Uh, so I'm not as concerned about the eight sacks as maybe you might think as you look at it. Uh, overall, Hornibrook threw 70% completion, threw for over 300 yards, threw for three touchdowns. He spread the ball around. There were 10 different receivers that caught at least two passes. Nobody caught more than five. And I think Coach uh, Taggart really spoke to that uh, in in a couple of his post game comments, where he said that that is his offense. You know, he doesn't expect somebody to get 15 catches in a game. Uh, he expects eight or 10, or sometimes 12 people to have two or three catches each. Maybe somebody with five or six. Uh, And we saw Wilson really get into the rhythm of things, and and I think he's gonna be a huge addition as Hornybrook, and then later on, when Blackman comes up, continues to find him. And I still would love to hear the story, the full story, about how in the world, Florida State got to Mario Ontario, to Terry, and and Ontario Wilson from the same small high school in Georgia, and both of them were, were not recruited, not highly touted that I recall, and how they went in and got both of them when as good as both of them in, how, how good was that offense in high school, but yet Florida State victorious in the in the recruiting battle and, and having both of them come in. I thought Hornerbrook played very well, uh, I think uh, he he settled in, uh, and I, obviously he's very, very capable, uh, but I will concede uh, you know when Blackman gets healthy, and hopefully that'll be during the bye week and going into Clemson. You know, you don't lose your job due to injuries. I fully expect James to start at Clemson if everything goes as planned. But certainly you can sigh a little bit of a – give a little bit of a relief uh, in knowing that you've got a backup
0: that's more than capable should he be needed. Yes, certainly. I I thought he did a nice job in there. By the way, it's Charles Kelly is the answer to who those two – he's the one who recruited those kids. They redshirted in 2017. Uh, Certainly Terry did because you'll recall Willie Taggart saw him at bowl practice and couldn't believe that kid was redshirted when he first saw him. Uh, but that's that's how they wound up at uh, at FSU. So the running game, uh, going back to the sacks, lack of the running game affects that too. But but the bigger question, Keith, NC State really just loaded the box. So, you know, what you do is you have to throw your way out of that, and Florida State did. Uh, maybe, maybe NC State didn't change their philosophy, but they got beat and they paid the price for doing that. Uh, why wouldn't other teams do that, or is there any reason for concern on that?
1: Well, I think it's going to be a game-to-game thing, and I think defensive coordinators are going to choose – uh, how they want to attack Florida State. Obviously, the Wolfpack said, we are not going to let Cam Akers beat us. Cam had 17 carries, I believe, finished with 82, 83 yards net. Obviously, the big play was the 40, 41-yard uh, 40, 41, 40, 41 uh, touchdown run on that fourth down play. Uh, but they chose to do that, did NC State. That's why in the first segment I talked a little bit. I'd like to hear Kendall. I'd like to see Coach Bryles. Uh, show us some different things in the running game. When somebody's going to stack the box, how do you get the ball outside? Is that, you know maybe it's not a tall sweep, maybe it's a flare pass, maybe it's a a, a, a dig route across the middle, uh, but doing something to get the ball in the cam and 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 uh, Layburn's hands, uh, other than a handoff, an extension of the running game, if you will. I think that's the next evolution of what we need to see in this Browls offense. In in enable you to do that instead of just throwing the ball down the field it gives you it would give you another option
0: you're right about the 10 receivers here as i look at it yeah and you were dead on with acres he had 17 carries 41 yards labern got three touches uh, in terms of carrying the ball and two catches so they got them they got him five touches none of them were really uh in, in much space though i'd still like to find a way to get him some touches in space
1: you know I, I hate to say this but i almost would like to put him at the tight end position and lose, use him like you use McKinney, in and, and either the slot or or close to the line of scrimmage, and then let him work in open space. Uh, that kind of takes him out of the running back, you know, category. But it'd be another way to find a way to get the ball into him, and, and as you say, in space. His biggest problem, and and it's been documented, our fans are aware of it, is he runs too much east and east and west. And, you know, at the running back position, you got to start north and south. But if you could find some creative ways to get him in space, he is a very, very special talent when he gets in the open
0: field. No question about that. Uh, offensively, Jawan Williams was not dressed out on Saturday night. I didn't think that he would come back and play with a bye week coming up. But, uh, you know, Abdul Bello has has uh, held down the fort, so to speak, at that position. But he had, a, he had a tough go of it on Saturday night. And I do think that Jawan, if he's healthy or when he's healthy, will be the better option and he'll return as the starting left tackle.
1: And, and I would agree. And obviously you don't want to put him back out there until he is healthy. Um, you know, the offensive line, I think, certainly didn't make any progress in this game. Uh, as mentioned, everybody's going to fault them for the sacks, and I understand that. I think, you know, um, folks that really study it and pay attention to it won't be as harsh on them. But I would also say that that uh, either either NC State's front four are much better than we gave them credit for or the, the group as a whole, the offensive line as a whole, didn't get much better in this ball game. They, they may have taken a step or two backwards, had some holding calls uh, and issues like that. Um, and, 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 again, the bye week comes at a good time, again, for getting people healed, also getting back to some fundamentals and some basics and kind of going back to the, to the
0: root of, of everything. Uh, and so I think the timing is very, very good. It could have been what FSU's called the multiple looks too, because NC State runs a three-three-five, and so they're bringing guys from different angles. You'd think FSU would be used to that, seeing its defense in practice, but that might have been part of the the struggle too.
1: Well, three-three-five is different than a three-four. Uh, you know, there, there are people coming from different angles, uh, and that type of thing. So it it may not sound like it's that big a deal, uh, but uh, but the three-four is far different than the three-three. Uh, in terms of, you know, what you're picking up, what you're calling strong side, and who's going after folks. So that might have been part of the issue. I think also part of the issue is that, you know, this offensive line has still got work to do in order to learn to play together and then in order to make in-game, you know, changes, halftime changes, whatever the case
0: may be, based on what the defense is showing them. We scored points in the third quarter, Keith. (laughs) Break out the champagne for this one. I really thought we were gonna do it on the first drive uh, after that Helton return, but but that went nowhere for Florida State. Three plays, minus two yards. Then they go seven plays and 33 yards and miss a field goal. Then they go ten plays, 32 yards, and uh, you know that if you if you add that up, just doing it quickly, that was uh, seven and a half minutes of time of possession on three drives that went nowhere. The defense, meanwhile, was forcing three and outs. And then finally, you get a fourth drive in the third quarter that ends in a touchdown, and that's when you really felt confident Florida State was going to win the game.
1: That touchdown in the third quarter of game number five is the first touchdown that Florida State has scored in the third quarter the entire season. Prior to that, Uh, Well-documented was the field goal against uh, Virginia. Remember when Aguayo used to make field goals? I've kind of forgotten about that. But three points through four games in the third quarter. 60 minutes of play, three minutes, and they didn't score. I think there was like 57 seconds left or something like that in the third quarter when the touchdown came about. I may have it mixed up there. But either way, uh, they were able to get a a seven uh, in game
0: number five in the third quarter. Time of possession in the third quarter. FSU had the ball ten minutes and twenty-nine seconds. Look
1: at the overall time of for the
0: overall. They won the time of possession battle. It was noticeable to me in the second half, and I don't know if it's. I don't think it's just Hornerbrook. I think it was intentional, and they've worked on it. Florida State bled the clock much more than what we had seen earlier this season. Oh, there's no question. Absolutely no question. Riles
1: was intentionally late. Uh, getting the calls in to try to run that clock down, and you saw some four and maybe close to five-minute drives a couple of three times because of that. Uh, not the way they want to run it all the time, but nice to know they can do that when the, when it's needed.
0: Florida State winds up with a 31-13 win in this game, and goes to three and two. We'll come back talk about defense when we roll on on front row Knowles' first look.
2: Front Row Knowles' First Look is presented by Hobson Chevrolet in Cairo, Georgia. Get your best deal the Hobson way. Here's Tom and Keith. We've now reached the Keith Jones portion of the program. We're going to talk about defense as we
0: welcome you back on Front Row Knowles' First Look. Tom and KJ with you. FSU wins at 31-13 over NC State. Uh, Wolfpack played three different quarterbacks. The guy who had started all year uh, they took him out in the middle of a series early in the game. I thought they might go back to him, but they just were done with him and played Hawkman the rest of the way, a former FSU quarterback. Uh, and then late in the game, uh, Dave Dorn was about to get Hawkman killed, so finally he took him out and put the third-string quarterback in.
1: Not a lot of sacks recorded by Florida State defensively in this ball game, but a lot of uh, contact and and knockdowns, and, and a in one maybe two, but certainly one questionable rough in the passer. Uh, penalty against Florida State defensively, I thought FSU was focused on stopping the run uh, against a team that had three tailbacks that each had plus or minus 200 yards. One of the little, one of them was a little freshman that was just unbelievably good. Uh, I think great things are ahead of him uh, as he continues his career at at, uh, at NC State, uh, but held him overall to 88 yards rushing on 28 attempts. I thought Hawkman did a very good job of biding some time and and showed why. Many of us were very high on him when he was at Florida State and were very disappointed when he chose to leave a year and a half ago or however long it was. But I think this is a performance that defense will look at. Gave up 370 yards, gave up uh, you know, uh, the, the points, as you mentioned. But I, I thought they continued to make plays. I think the disappointment – will be uh, continuing to be the secondary. Uh, We talked about this a little bit. There were four or five or six um, catches that were made by NC State, not considered a very high, prolific passing team, but some receivers made some catches that, that were defended but not defended well enough. So, in other words, the defensive player was where he needed to be. He just didn't make a play. Additionally, they were four or five or six, however many we came up with, Opportunities for Florida State to have interceptions, and they just basically dropped the ball or didn't convert uh, when given that opportunity. So I, I grade the defense as having played well enough to win, which obviously Florida State did. They've continued to play well against the run, but there's still work ahead, and certainly they'll get tested in another two weeks when they go up to Clemson, but they'll, there's work ahead in the passing game, both in terms of getting to the quarterback and not just hitting him, but getting the sacks and then making plays once the ball's in the air.
0: Willie Taggart told Gene he was pleased that the DBs, he thought they attacked the ball better today. There were eight pass breakups. I'm not sure how Cyrus Fagan only got credit for one breakup because he had his hands on the ball three separate times on balls <laughs> he could have picked. He did recover a fumble. Um, but but overall, I mean, it's it's settling into a good defense now. Uh, janaris robinson with the targeting call they'll they'll pay for that against clemson he won't be able to play the first half against clemson uh, and that's a position where they're thin it was fortunate that the the, the dean targeting was overturned otherwise it have been without him for the first half too um, but i think you know as i'm looking through this i thought levanta taylor played really well early on and then he got he got dinged he looked okay but but he would he, i don't think he went back in the game and i'm not sure what it was uh, but Amari Gainer to me is the story here with nine tackles, two sacks, two and a half tackles for loss, forced to fumble late. Uh, that uh, he's he's got a big upside. I thought spring game he played particularly well,
1: and and the things that I notice are just kids that are that appear to be football players, and certainly he's a legacy player. His dad uh, played here at Florida State. Uh he, Amari he, he's kind of a tweener, he needs to add a little bit more weight. I think he can without losing any of his speed or his quickness, but he's just very good. He's very good working in space. He's very good when he's uh, you know, he inside and he's got to take on blockers. As you mentioned, he's he's exceptional at uh, pass rushing had the two sacks he just makes plays and things happen when he's out there and and i think he's got some of those intangibles that uh that you always are just hoping for uh that that you know will allow him to continue to make plays his downside is that he's young and he's going to make some mistakes and right now those mistakes haven't necessarily been glaring but i'm sure one or two will raise their ugly head going forward, but you can win some ball games uh, with with Amari Cooper playing on your defense, and I'm glad, he's, I'm glad he's there, and I'm glad he's getting playing time.
0: Different style of offense than last week, but you look at it. Robert Cooper had one tackle. Marvin Wilson had one tackle. Corey Durden had one tackle. So the DL that put up those big numbers a week ago – uh, statistically, not the same, but again, a different offense.
1: Well, different offense, and they ran a lot of cutbacks. They ran a lot of stuff outside. They ran some uh, jet sweeps and things like that. So your interior three, are, you know, you're not expecting them to make plays. Uh, and last week, they were able to convert with sacks. This week, they were able to just get hits on the quarterback. That'll wear on the quarterback over time, as you mentioned. Uh, NC State ended up using three of them. Um, but but I'm not worried I'm not worried about the interior guys and again with the interior guys I'm never worried about their stats. I mean the game that Marvin Wilson had statistically last week is, is a one game a career thing. I mean you don't ever have an interior defensive lineman have double digit tackles in a game and have two sacks. That that just doesn't happen. That's not their job. So for him to be able to do that, be named the ACC defensive line player of the week is just extraordinary, and obviously the pros are going to pay attention to that and the scouts are going to pay attention to that and and offensive coordinators for potential opponents are going to pay attention to that. Uh, But where where the real play has got to take place with this defense is up the middle with the linebackers and with the safeties, and they're continuing to improve, uh, but they're not there yet, and Coach Harlum Burnett would be the first one to tell you they're not there yet. There's a long ways to go, but they have made some
0: progress penalties returned I thought we turned a corner last week but there was a plethora of them one drive was basically gifted the, the, the touchdown drive in the second half by NC State was really gifted to him with all the penalties
1: and again we've talked about I thought one or two of them were maybe ticky tacky you and I talked about that before we started the show but nevertheless the flag was dropped and the mar- yardage was marched off so you you come from a game last week where you had five total penalties i think fsu was uh, charged with 13 or 14 in this game uh, to be fair and that doesn't count when penalties offset and they don't add them to the totals to be fair uh, nc state had nine i think so the, the the officials were a little bit equal opportunity it was a heavily flagged game and uh, i i can't be fined by the acc can i this crew's kind of known for that so you know when you've got that crew out there Probably just button down the hatches and and keep the comments to yourself because there's going to be some litter and some laundry on the
0: field. You're suggesting that perhaps they're compensated either by the hour or by the flag as compared to by the game.
1: No, I'm not suggesting that. I'm suggesting they're compensated even when they're incompetent.
0: Well, now the ACC is – you're right. They can't find you, but they may weigh in. (laughs) Um, Do we want to have the targeting conversation now or are we just going to save this for during the week? Because you know where I am on this. I think the
1: issue is we've got to find a way, and I don't know what it is, but the more it happens, the more there will be people saying what we're saying. We've got to find a way to diminish the fact that a defensive player hit an offensive player in an incorrect fashion when the offensive player moved, when his movement was the reason that the defensive player hit them incorrectly. On the targeting call, uh, you know, J-Rob, he was going at the belt. He was going for the, the midsection of the quarterback, and he spun around and lowered his head, and that's what caused the helmet to helmet. Well, that's not the defensive player's fault. The problem, you and I were debating, arguing, whatever we do when we were walking out of the stadium, is how do you script the rule so that you can measure the intent or the lack of something, fill in the blank, because the offensive player initiated it, and I, I don't know yet how to do that. I personally like your scenario, which says, let's leave all the targeting calls to the conference office and let them come out on Sunday afternoons uh, in terms of ejection or or not playing the next game and just call personal fouls and let the targeting aspect of it be handled universally by a group
0: up in Greensboro. But I don't know if we'll get to that. Well, I just – and so my twofold reasoning for my thought process in that, one is more consistency with the calls. And I know that these targeting things, they go back and they talk to – Replay command or whatever they call it in Greensboro. Uh, but but there would be more consistency if you got the same group there and you met for an hour every Sunday and you, and you reviewed the 18, it wouldn't be 18, the nine targeting calls that happened across the league. But secondly, the time delays, the time it's taking to conduct the reviews is killing football. The one that they screwed up on Saturday, it took three or four minutes to determine that it was targeting, and then they forgot to figure out where to put the ball, and it took another five minutes to figure that out i I know you want to weigh in go ahead well the the second four or five
1: minute delay is the incompetency of the crew. that has nothing to do with targeting or anything else
0: okay boy you you really didn't like this crew, but you didn't- you don't need to have the three or four minute delay there to determine targeting and 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 another part, and this goes back to how do you enforce this. The plays happen in real speed, and then they watch them like there's a Pruder film, one frame at a time, to determine that for 1 30th of a second, the helmet hit the helmet. So there, there's a lot of things there. But I do think you'd get more consistency. And instead of doing this, you're out of this half and the first half of the next game. Just let each school know on Sunday. We reviewed it. Your guy, This guy is out. For next week's game deal with it instead of what they're doing now i just think that's a more logical solution than what we've got it
1: certainly is a better step in the direction to ultimately figuring this out so i support you
2: thank you for letting me vent
0: okay we'll come back clean up whatever we've missed florida state wins that is the good news 31 to 13 this is front row Knowles first look
2: front row Knowles first look is presented by cornerstone tool and fastener online at ctf.nu here's tom and keep Back on Front Row Knowles' first look, Keith. uh, Again, I appreciate you letting me
0: vent, but I just can't let it go. The the idea is when you watch the NFL, they call the personal foul, and then the league figures out on Sunday if a guy should be fined. Imagine if you watched NFL games, and after every personal foul, you waited five minutes for the league to decide if they should issue a fine for it. I mean, that's kind of what we're doing here, so anyway. Why don't you go ahead and move this conversation along with our player of the game? (laughs) It is time now for our prime Meridian Bank performance
1: of the game and our hats off to Ontario Wilson. He had four catches for 91 yards, including a 40-yard touchdown pass. Uh, He was remarkable in some of his blocks downfield, and he's really coming to his old. Wilson has really become a go-to guy for Florida State offensively. Speaking of performance, Prime Meridian Bank was just named one of the best banks to work for by American Banker Magazine. Want to bank where they greet you by name? Smiling faces that offer you coffee and a cookie when you walk in the door? That's what I call great performance. Try my bank. Prime Meridian Bank, member FDIC, offices in Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and Lakeland are on the web at trymybank.com.
0: All right, Keith, several more things here. First of all, and this is sort of like offensive linemen, they only get singled out when it's off, you know, false start or holding. Uh, A lot of people do a lot of tireless work behind the scenes. But the home clock operator doesn't need to leave one second on the clock at the end of the first half. And I can just tell you, that if we were at Virginia, because we were there two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whenever it was, uh, not only would the clock have hit zero, but the halftime clock would have already been at like 14:45. You're being a little bit facetious, but you're also being very, very truthful. Um, I mean, if you run it to zero, NC state can say, "Hey, review it and they go back and review it, but you don't make them make, them make that decision put it on the officials.
1: Now again, that'll put us back in review and you'll pull the rest of your hair out, but I get your point. Uh I'll
0: I'll see what I can do. <laughs> the other thing, uh for all the times that attendance gets second guessed, generally speaking, everybody media in particular looks at it and says there's no way that's 58,000. They just rounded that up. That's really 49,000. Well, the crowd on Saturday that got listed at just over 60,000 it could have been announced as 68,000, and nobody would have batted an eye because it looked pretty good, and, and I know you've got a good point. You sit down, there's nobody next to you, you spread out. So it, it probably was a legitimate number, but you could have you could have fudged.
1: Well, the thing that I would like to see, and, and if we had uh, David Coburn here or any of the folks out of the ticket office, they would be able to tell us factually, and, and we get different answers at different times, is it the number of tickets sold That you collected money for is it the number of tickets distributed which includes tickets to the visitors band or to uh you know youth groups or to other things that might be a special promotion what i would like to just see is is a number of people i mean they've got all the electronic devices now the number of people that came into the door however they got there how many of those folks do we have and let's use that as a number course the bottom line for all of it and coburn would tell us this is that we really don't care about the freebies we're just caring about the ones that paid the money because that's the only thing we can take to the bank so i don't know when i'm king i'll i'll do something different but uh your 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 uh, observation is duly noted
0: i'm looking at the uh, overall stats here as we we finish up in our last segment to see what else we need to talk about um one thing we should point out is that Ricky Aguayo apparently lost his job as the starting place kicker. Now, maybe they'll reevaluate that, but it seems pretty clear to me that he missed three kicks last week, all of which could have hurt you. You rallied to win, uh, as it turned out. So maybe it, it's not moot, but it didn't cost you the game. They let, him, they let him compete this week, decided he was the best guy, gave him one more chance with a short leash. He made one field goal, and then he just missed one badly, and that was it.
1: Even to the point they didn't let him kick extra points after that. We saw a different kicker in there, and Coach Taggart even mentioned that when asked in postgame, you know, would he have allowed Ricky to kick another field goal? And basically, he said no. He said that decision was made after he missed that field goal. They'll go back to open competition during the bye week and going into the Clemson game, and he either will or won't be, or either will or won't win the the kicking game. Uh, I mean, that that's just the way Coach Taggart feels about it, and I'm not sure I disagree with him.
0: Well, the backup kickers have been pretty good this year. Tommy Martin had one shank. It's his first missed kick, and he's this is his fourth game. But he put another couple right inside the five, really. And credit Asante Samuel made a great play on one and almost did it again down there trying to make an over-the-shoulder catch to prevent that other one from going in.
1: Very much so, very much so. And uh, you're right. You wouldn't have expected if Logan Tyler had gone down to injury or other things. That your backup quarterback, who is a freshman walk-on, would have performed as well as he has, uh, but he but he has, and I think he's earned the job. I'm not
0: sure we'll see anything change unless he loses it on down the road. Grothehouse is who kicked the PATs, and what's interesting there is that he's a walk-on, and you've got a, a true freshman who owns every high school record in Georgia. So, uh, I mean, it was supposed to go from Aguayo to Fitzgerald, and now here's Grothehouse kicking off, and maybe he's going to be the kicker at Clemson. Who, who knows? Who knows?
1: Uh, I know one thing, the atmosphere and the pressure will be a little different when you get to Clemson, don't you
0: think? I think so. And uh, before we get to the Clemson part, the one other thing I wanted to mention is that Keyshawn Helton, that that kick return, he found that little seam, and, boy, he hit it. He's an exciting player. Very much so. We talk talk about D.J.
1: Matthews, uh, you know, returning punts. And all last year, you know, we didn't do a very good job at all at returning kicks uh, they began this year, and they continue to do it, and we've talked about the fact that we think it's the right thing to do by fair catching some of those. But every now and then, when it's appropriate, and it's called from the sideline before they go out so everybody knows what's going on, they give Helton the opportunity to return it. And, boy, he set up everything nicely on that first return of the second half. It's just a shame that the Florida State offense you know, couldn't find themselves you know, regrouped after halftime, and we're were not able to do anything with that ball after they
0: were given that great field position. So I did not get a chance to watch much of the Clemson game. Obviously, they held on to win. North Carolina decided to go for two. We don't need to analyze that in this space. But Clemson's going to get a bye, and my sense is you're going to get a refocused, uh, re-energized Clemson team because they got away with one potentially. Again, I didn't watch the game, but it feels like it. And they're having to learn to play as the defending champ and also the preseason number one, which they've never been. So now they've got the target on the back, and You know that old refrain that you're going to get everybody's best effort Clemson's getting that right now so on the one hand that concerns me on the other hand North Carolina showed that you can play with Clemson and that's the approach Florida State's got to take as they get ready to go up there
1: the only two things I'd mention that are different is that game was played in Chapel Hill it was not played in Clemson Uh, Death Valley is just a very different place to play and second of all, we we haven't seen much out of Trevor Lawrence. You talk about Clemson wearing that uh, bullseye and maybe feeling the pressure. Lawrence, you know, the preseason favorite for the Heisman Trophy, you know, ended up starting, what, the fourth game of last year and then have, had those ten games in a row leading all the way to the national championship. He's been very good, but he's not been off the chart. Uh, and and maybe, just maybe, you're catching Clemson at the right time. I know they've got a what, bye week. and and those types of things. But, um, you know, Carolina proved that you can play with them. Uh, FSU has had times when they've gone into Death Valley and played very well. Obviously, the 13 team, you know, that that will probably won for the ages. But there have been other times when Florida State's gone up there with a second-team quarterback and, and, and played well enough to be close at the end, uh, acknowledging there's other times you go up there and you get beat by 50 and you can get beat by 50 on your own field, which Florida State dang near had that happen to them last year. Uh, it's just going to be interesting. The one thing you know, whether you've got a mature or an immature team, if you've got a team that learns because you teach them or learns through experience, when you're going up against the defending national championship, if I have to do anything as a coach to get you ready to play, you don't
0: deserve to set a foot out there. There won't be a problem with motivation, I don't think. That game comes up in uh, in two weeks, and you know, you'll know you spend the bye week, you'll, you'll focus on fundamentals, you'll get some extra time off, and and you and you'll start mixing in the game plan a little bit early. Um, I do I do like the fact when you look at it, Syracuse has given Clemson a really hard time under Dino Babers, and and Dino Babers' offense is is part of the Bryles' offense. That's where he got it. So for whatever reason, and I know it's different parts and pieces, and there's been quarterback uh, issues, I think, and injuries for Clemson at times during those games. But Syracuse is kind of put out there and for whatever reason that they can do it so why not fsu
1: and 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 again repeating myself carolina did it this year why not fsu and and willie he didn't talk specifically about clemson in the post game but he did make one comment you know they were uh, somebody asked him about you know the 10 receivers two catches each or 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 whatever and he said we've got talent we've got talent on both sides of the ball we got talent in the kicking game we got talent receiving Uh, we've got talent We just have to play as a team. And when we play, we being Florida State, when Florida State plays as a team, gets rid of the silly penalties. How about this? We didn't talk about it, but third game in a row without a turnover offensively. When we don't turn the ball over, when we don't have silly penalties, when we play smart and we play with each other and not trying to do too much, we can play with anybody in the country. His comment, not mine. Doesn't mean you'll win the game, particularly against the defending national champion at home, but you won't get beat by 35 or 40 either. And that's the opportunity and the challenge that is ahead of Florida State as they go into this bye week and they get ready for Clemson. Uh, you know, the week after.
0: I think we've done all we can do here, Keith. Do you have anything else as we wrap up?
1: Well, I just simply say the the thing that has impressed me about this team is they are nowhere near where they need to be, but they've gotten better every week. Uh, you know, And, again, I'm not terribly concerned about the sacks. I think when everything's digested there, the offensive line will not grade out as poorly as the naked eye on Saturday said they did. And I think uh, with Blackman, uh, with two weeks to get uh, his knee healed, uh, and you know what you've got with Brook, that you go into the Clemson game uh, and prepare and do the best you can, and, and you've got a shot. I wouldn't have said two weeks ago that you had a shot at Clemson. This, this week, I'll tell you, you've got a shot. Still predict you uh, probably
0: won't be successful, but I don't think you'll embarrass yourself either. Hopefully we haven't embarrassed ourselves too much. We're uh, out of time, so uh, we'll, we'll we'll try again for, for embarrassment on Wednesday's show at 6. He's Keith. I'm Tom. Thanks for uh, tuning in to Front Row First Look.